Welcome to episode number 67 about the Cards Podcast live tonight on YouTube. As always with my host, Stefan Laughlin, our Junk Wax Twins, Ben Hi. Wilson at our trading cards, and I'm Tim Shepler at Big Ship 79. We are a podcast by collectors for collectors, hoping to bring you a smart and insightful podcast discussing trading card collecting. We're live every Wednesday at 8 p.m. Pacific. 10 Central. Yeah, we're live on YouTube, Periscope, and Facebook Live. And uh, you can always follow us on Twitter about the cards. We are um, available as a podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, Overcast, and TuneIn, and a bunch of other places, I believe. YouTube. Uh, yeah. Check out our website, aboutthecards.wordpress.com. Find us on the Flip Chat app to talk about the podcast. We love that. We've been in there quite a bit. Mickey's been uh, having some fun with us in there. And, uh, you know, it's a good way to good way to converse and about cards, and then we have some fun topics in there. And then we also have shirts, hats, and mugs available on Spreadshirt.com. So take a look there. Guys, it's been a week. How have you been? I missed you. I am ready for tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Opening night hockey. Oh. Nice. What do you have? Uh, do you have a do you have like a watch party planned or well, unfortunately, it's just me, uh, the, the wife's on assignment, making that dala dala. And uh, <laughs> no, I got uh, our, our lucky puck that we got last year in the stands, prepped and ready. I got my beer koozies for my crown of diets and uh, enjoy the game before the twins embarrass us again. So uh, who are you playing? Who are you dropping the puck against? <laughs> That's probably a good question, huh? My Minton Oilers dropped the puck tonight against the Vancouver Canucks. And the last I checked, it was a one nothing. Dratastal with a goal. First goal of the season. I totally just butchered his last name, but I know his name's Leon. Dreisaitl. Dreisaitl. There we go. Ben, what have you been up to? I know you're uh, intently watching the 5-1 Oakland A's-Tampa Bay Rays game in the bottom of the eighth. You know wow. what? You could just you could just stop, okay? <laughs> Listen, are you gonna be, are you, well, who, who are you gonna now that your season's over? Um, who are you gonna get wow. and go with in hockey wow. here? Listen, there's still five outs to go in a four-run game. Technically, it's not over. So, I mean, the Nationals came back last night, so it's possible. exactly possible, not probable. Exactly, and and. Juan Soto was talking about his mom being in town and having a home-cooked breakfast. My guys are at home. They had some eggs and bacon this morning. They'll be all right. They just So you cooked them a home-cooked breakfast this morning? They're, they're just waiting for the ninth inning with two outs before their bats come alive. Mm. Why are they doing like the, the – I saw people just doing the Braves chop. What? I don't know. They've been doing that in Oakland sometimes this year, and it's weird. Why? Just, that just tells uh, you the uh, level of Oakland A fan. There you go. Profar striking out. Uh, so, anyway. Nick Anderson, Nick Anderson, the former king, pitching tonight for uh, 
an Orlando Magic star pitching tonight for the Rays, second career. Every every time I hear our theme song with that song, I just feel like I'm Fred Rogers and I should put on a cardigan. I just feel like our show should be airing on PBS. Hey, so have you seen the movie real quick? Before I know we're off on a crazy tangent to start, but last time I watched the movie Between Two Ferns, the Zach Galifianakis Netflix movie, he meets Chrissy Teigen and he asks her how she became famous, and she goes, "Well, back in 2003." This man shows up at my door with a box with a button and says, if I push the button, all my wildest dreams will come true. But someone will die. So I push the button and Mr. Rogers died. I mean, he lived a good life. He did something, but now I'm, you know, and I was dying. I'm like, oh my God, she killed Mr. Rogers. But hey, it's Chrissy Teigen. She's hot. We're okay with that, right? Yeah, it's true, old man. I mean, he lived a good life. Yeah. It's true. Once a couple months to know when pitchers and catchers uh, report. Yeah. Uh, February. I think, yeah. I yeah. think that uh, his manager right. report in Anaheim. Usually right around Angela's birthday, February 17th, 21st, somewhere in there. Yeah. You don't know what day her birthday is. Her I know birthday her falls birthday. between those dates. I know it's on the 17th. But oh, so you, you, you have Valentine's Day and then the birthday. Do you just combine them? And she's mm-hmm. allergic to metal and she's allergic to flowers and she's allergic to chocolate. No, it's a good thing she's not allergic to BS. Otherwise, or cardboard. God forbid. Well, let's get into it, guys. Uh, the week that was last week's releases. That was a fun, fun intro. Uh, Tops Living Week 81. Not the worst week we've ever had. Uh, card 241CC Sabathia, pitcher New York Yankees, sold uh, almost 2,900. Card 242, Tuki Toussaint, rookie pitcher of the Atlanta Braves, just a tad over 2,200. And card 243, Mikhail Franco, third baseman, Philadelphia Phillies, 2,200. Um, so, yeah, check out at Top Living Stat for a full breakdown of where these cards fall, respectively, in the set by team and by position. And also, too, uh, if you're looking to pick cards up for this week, I know that you'll have them available. So. I don't even want to talk. This is a, a trash week. So, yeah, it was a, an odd week. And, you know, obviously, CC got a little bit of a bump, I'm sure, because of his final Yankee Stadium start. Um, it, the, this set's just trending down. It, yeah. it, it really will be interesting to see how, how the third year comes into it because, you know, uh, anyway. Yep, yep. Uh, we also had 2019 Panini Donner's fact, Football Factory set drop. 2019 Topps Heritage Minor League Baseball. 1819 Upper Deck Clear Cut Hockey. 1920 Upper Deck Artifacts Hockey. 2019 Chrome. Topps Chrome Sapphire Baseball. Uh, 2019 Upper Deck Tim Hortons Hockey. 2019 Panini National Treasures Baseball. Which, hey guys, I just saw the checklist today for that. And 2019 Panini Illusions Football. Yeah. So, real quick though, how, how do you have a release of a ultra high end product? Probably your one of your most high end products of the year, and it takes over a week to get the checklist out. Just let it happen. Who? Hey, let me ask you a quick question. Who? Who? Who makes that product? Panini. Hmm. I was about to say Subway because they make sandwiches too. Hmm. Okay, I was just I was just curious because yeah. I was thinking there's gonna be more reput- of that. I mean, I'm spoiler. There's gonna be more of that later in tonight's show. So yeah, if it was a reputable company that was concerned with getting checklists 
in a timely manner to their to their you know potential consumers. Um, but yeah, but they're just gonna buy it anyway blindly because it says National Treasures on it. Of course, which and I'm a, National Treasures is hideous this year. Oh, it's just, so it's 1990 Fleer hideous. I mean, I, I, I look more white than 1990 Fleer. I look forward to the set every year, and hello, I, uh, I've added so much to my eBay watch list, and then as it's coming up, it's just like you know what? I really don't want to buy that. So, yeah. no, I'm. Uh, yeah, I just I. I I, I can't understand. Um, anyway, so hot off the presses, this week's new releases tops tops living for week eighty two, card two, four four, Honus, uh, the Hall of Famer shortstop from the Pittsburgh Pirates, Wagner, it's like an old wrinkled raisin. Uh, card two forty five, Zach Plesac, rookie pitcher for the Cleveland Indians. Can I just and say he looks weird? He does. He looks. He looks like super wrinkly too. Kind of looks like Donkey Kong. <laughs> How so? It just looks like overly furry, and maybe you, it's just a poor picture. But <laughs> you need to stop playing video games, dude. Real quick, is that Dan Plezak's son by I chance? So. I, I would imagine. I, I to be honest, I've never I've never heard of him before. I saw like the tweet. I think they were talking about uh, during one of the Cleveland Twins broadcasts. They're talking about how it's nice to see a Plezak in the uh, game again with Dan Plezak. It's a Plezak to have a Plezak. Indeed. I I, I have to admit, when I saw the Wagner, my my favorite three cards in this set are are Ted Williams, Ralph Kiner, and now this Honus Wagner. Well, the Ralph Kiner was a terrible-looking card, and this Honus is, is not good either. He, he's a nephew of. Oh, nephew. Okay. Your mom, dude. Uh, and then card 246, um, Match Gravener, catcher, Minnesota Twins. Keep underrated. Oh, Mitch Garver. Sorry, Mitch Garver Senator. from the Washington Senators, yes. I, I love the, the catcher's mask here. I mean, this is the best, best looking, one of the better looking cards since uh, Real Muto. I, I love the catcher's masks included in some of these catcher cards. Yeah, you know, and he's the best Twins catcher since Terry Steinbach. At least. Right? Well, Suzuki was there too for a while. Yeah, but I would say Terry Steinbach or even uh, Brian Harper. You guys are disrespecting A.J. Pierzynski. Yeah, I was about to say. No, what I don't like, he he would have eaten the Giants. So, <laughs> Thanks for that trade, by the way. Yeah. Um, 2019 Tops Archive Signatures Retired Player Edition comes out today. $50 a pack, one pack per card. One pack per box, one card per pack. You're going to get one buyback autograph. And that's all that needs to be said. <clears throat> it's an original Tops card from the past that has been signed. The autographs come on card. Uh, and they're, they're each typically numbered and given a foil stamp significant significant signifying is the word. <laughs> oh, lord it's from this release <laughs> can, you, can you say that word again amazing i, I think he got muted tim Did he? Oh. i was coughing there so yeah uh signifying this release typically these um 
signing for the sets, sign a lot of different cards so they're not all the same card. And the buybacks are for various sets and years. And uh, the base cards can be also inserts cards or food cards or kind of any tops card that's ever been out. And occasionally they'll have a memorabilia card in there. So, so, so I was talking to a a newer guy who, who's been doing some some case breaking uh, that it has hooked me up with some really good deals on some ace cards recently. And we were talking in private. I won't mention who it is, but I, I said, "Hey, what else do you have on the horizon?" And he's like, "You know, I was going to bust some national treasures because I thought about maybe doing some archives signature." And I'm like, "Stop, whatever you." Do, don't. And we were talking a little bit more about it. And then he, he ends up hitting me up. He goes, Hey, thanks for giving me that heads up on that. He goes, I think I'm going to skip archives. And I'm just like, you know, Leonardo DiCaprio, GIF clap, you yeah. know, slow clap of Dwight from the office. It's like, good choice. Save your money. This is a bad, bad product. If you're buying it for breaking purposes, you're not going to get your money back. Yeah. No. Wouldn't it be a bad one to pick one up, you know, here or there? I mean, depending on who's on the checklist. I mean, yeah, sure, you're not going to get the Hank Aaron, but there's probably, you know, 10, 20 Burt Bly Levins. There's probably 10 or 20 Andre Dawson's. There's probably I mean, a, it's a, a decent thousand. Team. You know, real quick, I saw Juan Gonzalez. If you send him a card, he'll sign it for you. So we'll see. Here, here's the thing. I've picked up a couple of them. In fact, I was just looking at uh, going back to National Treasures for a minute. I'll tie this back to archives in just a moment. I typed, I typed in Raleigh Fingers. Now, now, without being a knucklehead, when you think Raleigh Fingers, what team do you think of? Yeah. San Diego Padres. Exactly, right? No, so, the Oakland A's. So, so you're going to think the A's. Now, if you're buying a product that's 500 bucks where you're getting eight cards, right? You need to get 50 bucks a card to get your money back, at least. Right? And that's what now, deals. If you were to pull a Raleigh Fingers, he doesn't sell for that much. But if it was an Oakland A's, at least you're going to maximize the value. And there's a couple that are A's, and then there's a Brewers. And I'm just like, a couple years ago when this product first came out, Archive Signature, there was all kinds of Padres and Brewers buybacks or whatever you want to call this product. And I'm like, those just aren't going to sell. People who are Raleigh Fingers who already has a small market anyway – are going to be looking for the A's for that particular player. Nobody's going to want to buy a 1983 Tops Raleigh Fingers Brewers card. Come on, I mean, it, Wait, you know, did, didn't he win a Cy Young there? I don't, I don't recall, but that's irrelevant. I mean, you just don't have a lot of Brewers people probably buying Raleigh Fingers stuff. He's not a, a Brewers legend, and, and so it, it would be like Ken Griffey Jr. having a White Sox card. You know, I mean, who who's out there going, hey, I'm going to spend really good money. It's just it's going to devalue the product even more with the cards that tops selects. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I don't understand the. I don't understand the release. Anyway, it's just bad. Yeah, it's a bad product. And then they further exasperate it by doing crap like that. All right, so you have to spend your money on buying uh, this retired players. TTM Panini, Panini or, Chronicles. No, 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 no. Or Panini Contenders Collegiate Basketball that we talked about last week. Is it my I, money or not? Your money. Gun to your head to save your family's life. You have to spend your money on one of those two products. I would buy a case of spam. No, you got to pick one of the two. I Is death my other option? Yes. 
Bullets well, cheaper, like, more effective. Just like Mr. Rogers, somebody's about to push the button on me. Listen, it's been a good run, boys. <laughs> Somebody? <laughs> yeah, if I have an idea for next week's show. Um, <laughs> Panini Contenders I, I, about to get worn out. Panini I, Contenders Draft Picks Baseball drop today. Uh, it's 120 a box, six packs per box, 18 cards per pack. You're going to get six autographs, one parallel. See, it's a, uh, I think it's a 600 card base set or 60 card base set. Sorry. Uh, but I don't know a hundred percent because there's no checklist. Uh, I was these, about to say, is there a checklist? No, I, I've read in some somewhere it's a sixty card base set, which more than doubles the size from 2019. Uh, it's prospects to retired Hall of Famers, season ticket cards, show players in their college uniforms. Uh, the Can they get a different photo of Reggie Jackson? Because I've seen that one like ten times already. Well, it's the only one they own. Uh, that's the thing. Yeah, it, it, they've used the same Mark McGuire one for like seventeen years. Yes, uh, the the draft 2019 draft class is class is covered extensively with the RPS rookie draft uh, tickets autographs, and they're on card for many of the players. Uh, it's the first time most of the players are in the first three rounds, so you're going to get some key draft picks. I would name them, but I don't quite know who's on the checklist since you know it came out today, and there's there is no checklist. So. I mean, this sucks, dude. I mean, McGuire's been in this. This product in the past a couple of times, and I collect McGuire. I, I think I would like to know if he's on this checklist because I'm a buyer, right? No, I, I can only imagine. I, I can only imagine people that are more vested into a product like this, and their level of frustration. Mine would be minimal because I'll eventually see one if there is one, but that's not the point. I mean, it's talked about this time and time again. If you get paid this week. And this product's coming out. Do you set money aside for this product, or do you hold it for next week's products? Yeah. You have no idea. I like how I like how it says use our free checklist. Steph's on the Panini website page. You check the checklist and says use our free checklists, bro. Like for what? Like you print out a blank piece of paper and use it to like color your own in or something. And it's not even listed in there, like. It will be. It will be. Check back in December. Yep. Uh, we also had 2018-19 Panini, Panini Immaculate Basketball drops Friday. $580 a box, one pack per box, six cards per pack. You're going to three autographs of mem card. It has some base cards in it, I believe. I don't know. There's no checklist yet. Uh, it's a high-end folk, uh, high-end release focus on autographs and varying memorabilia. The big chase cards are also obviously the RPAs, the rookie patch autographs. Uh, these have on-card signatures that go with a premium swatch, but they're also using acetate stock this year. Uh, they also have, they're, they're also going to have dual, triple, and quad autos in the release. There are 40 key rookies. Uh, they get the lo Logo Man one-of-one one autographs. And uh, this is the only 2018-19 NBA product to feature dual Logo Man Autographs, so they'll have two NBA's rookies with logo men, men's lenses. So it's a sharp looking product. Don't get me wrong, uh, but again, so you know, whether it's up here, let's look because I looked right before the show. That's a immaculate collegiate. Is that not what that was? No, it's NBA. It's eighteen nineteen. 19. No, 18, 18, 19. There you go. Because that's a different year. 
and Immaculate's not even listed. So, yep, I trust me. I checked right before. Uh, and also this week, 2019 score score hockey released today online, $14.99 a pack, or you could get five packs for $50. Uh, but it's sold out. So uh, it's two cards per pack. The pack break's going to get you one score rookie card and one parallel autograph of Kepo Kako or Vitali Krustov. Yeah. Um, I mean, okay. those are embarrassing attempts, but... Well, okay, what are their names? You want to go to the show notes. You don't. You don't even know who the guys are, and that's embarrassing. Capo, you can't make, Caco. You can't make, yeah, you can't make fun of him if you don't even know what their names are yourself. How do you know he's pronouncing them wrong? Are you guys sharing the screen? No. All right. Capo, Capo, and then Vitaly something or other. Uh, it's Panini's first hockey release in five years. It will be released direct to consumer product. Uh, it's a direct con- to consumer product available through iCollectPanini.com. But like I said earlier, it is sold out. It features the Rangers rookie star, Kepo Kako, the second Which, overall pick. You, you know, if you guys have played any of the Final Fantasy series, you, 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 there's a character in that set that uh, has a very similar catchphrase, Kupo, the Moogles. I'm not a nerd. The, the, the gamers will know what I'm talking about. Anyway, as a kid, I lived that's outside. All, that's all his name reminds me of. But it's right anyway. And then the Vitaly, whatever. Stretch. Vitaly Potapinko um, was also in there, and he's their uh, a talented rookie teammate. And he was the eight ninth pick of the 2018 draft. Both of these guys are exclusive panini guys and they will not they will not have autographs in upper deck products and so this is basically panini's uh f, big f you to upper deck saying hey we have these two guys and you don't meanie, 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 meanie. <laughs> and uh whatever and i you know people when people first saw these packs they were excited they're like oh god we're gonna get some score hockey you know cards back and the fact that is it's one rookie card and um a parallel or base card or an autograph of one of these two guys um, you know, I think a lot of people were let down. So, I mean, one of these uh, should be a pretty good hit. I, I, I know he's supposed to, uh, Kako is supposed to make a huge impact this year, but for a quote unquote unlicensed release, it, 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 we'll see. Yep. Real quick. I, I saw beans post here. I like, like I tweeted today, Panini is always one step forward, two steps back. Wasn't that a Paul Abdul song? Yeah. Is that the one where she danced with like the, the Chester cat. Cheetah dude? Yeah. yeah. Chester Cheetah's older brother. Mm-hmm. No, that was Opposites Track, dude. Opposites Track. Anyway. Uh, 2019 Penny NFL 5 trading card game comes out Friday. It's $150 for a starter deck. That's going to get you a 55 card, 55 card deck. You're going to get 10 decks. Uh, and the way those break out, five parallels, you're going to get two punch-out game cards and one rule book and mat and play mat. You can also pick up a booster pack for $96, which is 90 cards per pack, 24 packs per box. Uh, you're going to get six parallels, four epic cards, and one legendary and or rookie card. Um, there, um, there are 316 cards to the game. Each team has eight players. Uh, it's devised for players nine years or older the game itself takes about half an hour to play and it's rated as an intermediate card game the cards are broken down into common and common and rare editions the tougher cards the epics are four 
in every booster box and one legendary per box. You will find you will field ten players, uh, five offense and five defense to score more. Who scores more points? So um, it's kind of a a neat game, I guess. I think collectors might find it a way to go in and collect uh, some cards in a different way. But, you, uh, you know what this reminds me of, though. What's that? Magic. MLB Showdown. Oh yeah. Yep. I always like to, I always find those in uh, junk boxes. So. What? No first edition. Yeah, where's first? You, th- off you the think line? that the, you think that uh, the obvious with a trading card game product would be to run out a first edition parallel, right? I mean, it prints it, money. The A's are so, down to their last two outs of the season. So, uh, Tim is quoting Paul Abdul lyrics. Yeah. Steph's on here talking about Final, Final Fantasy, Mr. Magical Mystery Tour. But, I mean, at what point with 15 games in the series is it actually the Final Fantasy? Well, it's a subjective term, I suppose. All right. <laughs> and the A's are going to be down to their last out of the season. And this is when they are going to rally. Watch. Watch. Is that Hesop Troy playing first base for the Rays? I believe so. Yeah, why not? He's only got to be 800 years old, right? Travis Lee uh, is injured. <laughs> Screw Travis Lee. Oh. Unrelated. He wasn't even good in the major leagues. Why do you even care? Because he scorned us. Oh, God. Oh, my goodness. In the draft. Uh, by the way, these are the age uniforms they should always wear. Yes. Yeah, we can get back to card discussion about how the Oakland Nation moved to Seattle, but we'll, we'll talk about that later. <laughs> What's and brewing next week's releases? 2019 Tops Clearly Authentic Baseball and 2019 Panini Impeccable Football drop next week. Just two releases. Enfield Chatter. All right, you guys ready? Our hobby talk section. Nope. Section? Section, yeah. Cheap Fun Breaks tweeted out, based on these numbers, Sapphire Baseball base are limited to a 1,000 this year and they were out of 250 and 16 17 and 18 so this is the most they've ever made of the product we talked about how last week people were thinking about getting what four or five to x of what you know the the boxes were yeah um but the fact is there's four times this product of there was than last year and, and then we see the prices of last year's singles and they're you can pick them up for almost near nothing now right so just the, the time on this is just going to be, I guess, to wait it out. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. I, I've made a couple of offers on some team sets, and it's still higher than I'd like to be. And he responds saying, I can get this amount for veterans. And then I'm thinking, nah, maybe some of them. But when there's 22 guys, you're not going to get 2 to $3 on everyone. You're going to sell maybe half of them. Sure. And you're going to get stuck with all the guys nobody wants. And if you're doing that for every team – out of 700 cards, you're going to get stuck with half of them. So. Yes. No, I just, I think, yeah, I think uh, the wait and see thing on that was, is probably the best bet. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, they're cool. I think the, the cards will be harder to get are going to be the rookie cards. And there goes the, uh, play. Those the especially advance. the numbered ones. Yes. But I mean, that's the so, case in, it's a case any year, right? With any rookie card. Yeah, it's but especially right now, I think with this set, 
regardless of if, if those numbers are accurate and they did make four more or four times more this year, uh, it got the hype because of what happened with them selling out in four minutes or seven minutes, depending on who you listen to. And, and the fact that they were selling for $200 for $50 boxes. And I, I think this is right now, there's a lot of hype. I don't know how much of this stuff is actually selling. And, you know, I think that that we can all agree the consensus is going to be just sit tight and prices should come down. Yeah. So random aside, we should have uh, Cracknell on when he has some free time and he's back from Disney. Yeah, he'd walk me, by the the way, if you guys didn't know, he walked. And have him explain the following skill test question. Not not so much to school us on what the answer is, but more so uh, why they have it and the legalities thereof. Being we should have Ryan on stuff. anyway again because yeah. Ryan is awesome and he was on one of our first shows. Episode 12. He was our first ever guest. It's been so long. And, uh, We've done 55 episodes since he's been on. Yeah, see, that's unacceptable. We should yeah. invite him back on. Who, like, who's putting this shit together? ASAP as possible. Yes. Um. 2019 Transcendent Collection was announced late last week. It's going to release on November 17th. And uh, uh, it's 100 boxes this year. 2016, there were 65. 2017, there were 87. 2018, there were 83. So they're gone up to 100 this year. It's a 50-card base set. You're going to get two 50-card sets of the franchise favorite reproductions. I'm sorry. You're going to get the 50-card base set and a 50-card set of the franchise favorite reproductions. You also get 50 Transcendent uh, Collection autos, at least two one-of-ones, and every auto is numbered to 25 or less. So two-and-a-half one-of-ones. Yeah. Uh, one Derek Jeter one-of-one auto, one auto patch, uh, or bat knob or nameplate card that's a one-of-one, one. one Transcendent franchise favorite sketch card, which is a one-of-one, one. Uh, one oversized cut signature card, which is a one-of-one, one. and a 1953 Super Fractor auto, of course, that's a one of one. You're also going to get one MVP invite to the Transcendent Party with Ken Griffey Jr. So they've had uh, Trout, Chris Bryant, Hank Aaron have been the guests. Uh, Bryant was 16, Aaron was 17, and Trout was last year. And so now they're going to Griffey. Well, and they kind of went in previous years as far as the amount of boxes. The first one was the amount of years the tops that existed at the point. Then the next two years, they went with iconic designs, so 83 and 87. Yeah, they were the anniversaries of those two. And now I think going forward, they'll probably just pump out 100 boxes per. Would make logical sense. Yeah. And then so, I mean, it's only a $25,000 product. I think Ben's in for at least a, a few boxes. I was going to buy half of them. Yeah. And then what I was going to do is I was going to use my new motto where it's buy high and sell low. I was going to start like go four times lower on the secondary market. So I was guaranteed to lose money because why not? Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to get a chance to meet Ken Griffey Jr., is there really a sell low? I just asked him what he did if that nap was true in Seattle. (laughs) I, I. I, I don't know that if I if if to to be honest I don't know that Ken Griffey Jr. is a selling point for me personally I don't know that that man has that much of a curb appeal he doesn't seem like he would be all that knowledgeable 
and very interesting to talk to. See, I, I, I'm just uh, surprised the tops actually got them in that wasn't he a uh, upper deck exclusive for a long while? Yeah, but he's been back with uh, tops for a little while. I mean, could you imagine if you had an opportunity to speak with a a Hank Aaron type player, right? Somebody that that is rich with history, who lived through dark times in in no our history, you know, pre integration and things like that, right? I mean, these, these he's got stories to tell. Ken Griffey Jr. is going to tell us about what, you know? I, I just every Clint time heard- to be the first first overall pick to be a Hall of Famer ever compared to Chris Bryant. Can he eloquently speak on that? I mean, every time I've heard that man in an interview, it just seems like seriously, but all athletes are going to sit there and and be intelligent human beings. Let's be honest. But that's the thing. If I'm paying $25,000 to get this golden ticket, I'd at least like an athlete that I can sit there and have a, I got a golden ticket. (laughs) It seems like the old Chris Farley and Paul McCartney, you know, you're a beetle, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Cool. You know, it's like. So, who do you want there? I mean, like, so say it was Liam Hendricks. Oh, he's a genius. Say he's a genius. And it's like, oh, I could have a great conversation with Liam Hendricks or I could meet Ken Griffey Jr. More people are going to go, I don't, I want to meet Ken Griffey Jr. versus Liam Hendricks. Yeah, but you're just throwing out an arbitrary rando name. Okay, but. Ryan Healy. Anyway. Um, at fam underscore den put out a poll this week. Um, he sent a tweet that I thought was really interesting. Uh, hashtag collect fam. I just sold a card on eBay, a very cheap card, mind you. The buyer paid immediately and processed and proceeded to send me an email with full, an email full of what comes across as ultimate rights with the instructions about how the exact condition, packaging, shipping, the buyer expects. Across. So he, send the, he gets an email saying exactly what he expects the seller to do, which is the guy that sends out the tweet. He asked what he should do. There were 327 votes or 237 votes. Uh, his options were ignore, give him what he wants, cancel the transaction, send him my own demands. So uh, I, I selected send him my own demands. I got 22% of the vote. Uh, give him what he wants was 8%. Ignore was 29, which is also a good option. And then uh, 42% of the vote, people went with cancel the transaction. Yep. The best part about this was he followed up. Uh, he's tweeted out note. Now the dude wants to change the address to ship it to him. Hmm. That's always a bad sign when you sell something to somebody and then they need the address changed after the fact. Uh, that's an automatic. Well. That, yeah. That's an automatic tr- cancel. I, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Not, I'm sorry. You're not going to dictate to me how something should be shipped. I understand. We all are very particular, and we all complain about how things have been shipped and use tape, don't use tape. You know, all the all the the nuances that we've all encountered. But you're not going to give me, hey, it needs to be shipped this way. I am the shipper, and you are the buyer. <laughs> plain and simple and all you're doing if you end up shipping this to the guy even if you ship it the way he asks you're asking for either negative feedback or a chargeback yep yeah and I, i've had people when i've sold stuff have said hey can you make sure that i get the tracking information when you send it you know and if you do it right it you know you do it through ebay it automatically sends them an email with all the tracking stuff so you know it's like okay i never really i look and i go, okay no big deal because it's already going to happen 
Um, right. You know, and so that, I mean, that's the most I've ever had. I haven't had anybody come back and say, like, it needs to be this or this way or that way. Or if it's been PWE, people have asked, hey, would you mark that it's been shipped? And, you know, that's easy enough to do. So it just, it, it, it sounds like somebody that's trying to perpetrate mail fraud. Are we sure it's not that dude, J Mac? <laughs> right. Our buddy. Uh, there was also an interest. Somebody else put a poll out today or this week about collecting about baseball collectors. And do you have Panini cards? Do you have or want Panini cards in your collection? And um, I just kind of wanted to go through and, you know, do you have Panini baseball cards in your collection? Ben? Yeah, I've got a lot. Yeah. I know Steph does. And, and I, I don't, I don't seek them out now. Uh, just do the fact that I find like the Donruss and stuff is very, lame and boring to me because almost exactly the same uh, there were years where it looks i was going through some recently and damn near they looked the same the only thing the difference was the year was instead of being on this side now was on this side it was a different year you know and it relatedly with 17 hours left you, you want to pop me yeah buddy crack and wax posting up what do you say if we never broke any america baseball products again yeah, I'm right there. It's about time. You know, it's one of those things that, that to speak to Topher, who, who, who's cracking wax, his point, yeah, I can see people that buy into breaks not liking it, whether it be for the checklist, the non-licensed stuff, the, the return. If, you're, if that's how you choose to collect your cards, if that's the, the part of the hobby you choose to be in where you're – you're buying with the intent to, to resell and make money. Panini's just not for you. If you're a collector who collects with the intent to, I'm going to buy and add it to my collection. And a lot of Panini cards are really good looking. Um, they don't necessarily need it, but that's a personal preference uh, as far as the license goes. Um, but it, it's one of those things, depending on your perspective, will determine how you answer it. I, I enjoy collecting ace cards and panini cards, leaf cards uh, are non-licensed, but they're still ace cards nonetheless. And I'm okay with it personally. But if I was spending a lot of money with, with crack and wax or any other breaker and I'm looking to, to get a return, I I'd probably steer clear of panini only because it doesn't have the same level of return and longevity in the hobby and people aren't seeking it. Even somebody like yourself, Tim, if there's good-looking Panini non-licensed George Brett cards, I would imagine you're less likely to buy them, all things being equal, even if they're 30% less than a Topps version. Yeah, no, I, I the only way I have any of those is if they've been sent to me in a trade or someone's like, hey, here, you know, I don't, I don't seek them out anywhere anyway. I just... Yeah. Once a couple years, I put this up. I don't buy panini boxes, hobby, or blasters, but I'll pick them out of a dime or quarter box it shows. Probably the best way to do it. Yeah, I mean, I, I buy singles. I buy, you know, team sets. Well, the other get into an occasional break just if, it, if it's cheap enough for me to get my team set out of it and then maybe a hit or two. Yeah. Uh, one thing is interesting to me is that uh, Doug from Mojo Break has always said that with tops cases, you can get a hot case, like where – Multiple boxes will have the big rookie stars, autographs, whatever you're looking for. The chase guys, they'll be more frequently 
tops will have a little more loaded box. But if you open a Panini box, say this year of a Panini football product, and you pull a Kyler in the first box, that was the Kyler for that case. You know, they're they're very strategic about not having two Kylers in one case. That's weird. I know, but that's how, you know, that's just kind of, he was after years of doing this, he's seen that time in and time out where once you hit that big guy in the autograph and that's it, you got one, but you're never going to, you're not going to see another one in that case. So. It, it shouldn't be like that. It should be, you know, how, what's that word? Oh, random. Yeah. It should be random enough to where, yeah, maybe there's going to be a case that doesn't have any, and there's going to be a case that has three. I don't know. So real quick, I and not that I'm bashing anybody here tonight, but I just kind of want to highlight some points we've talked about. There's a company that doesn't have checklists out when the product releases. Um, they don't have multiple random autographs of stars. Okay. They, you know, once you hit a big star, that's the only one from the case. Uh, and, and, and three, you know, they, they insert points instead of autographs for their site, which are autographs that they've had laying around the office or sent back or whatever things they couldn't do with. So that's one, that's two, that's three strikes, right? You're out the old ball game. I, I, I don't know. It's you know, just- here, here, here's a quick point on it though. When, before we started this podcast, one thing that we all agreed upon was that we wanted to maintain full transparency and, and be able to speak openly and freely and in doing so, we weren't going to take on sponsors, or if we did, sponsors would have to understand that that we still reserve the right to speak our minds at any given point. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been favorable of some things Panini's done. We we you know I know I've specifically spoken about the fact that I think a lot of their football products this year are beautiful, and they've come out with some really nice products. This week, we're talking about them. That was, Some of these topics we've talked about before, like the checklist. Bottom line is you're failing across the board in multiple areas. And as collectors, regardless of how you choose to collect, whether you're co- collecting for your personal collection, you're you know, collecting to, to get a return or you know, even investing, it, it's irrelevant. The bottom line is you're dropping the ball as a manufacturer you're not giving the collectors of all levels, all of your consumer segments, what they want. It's not too much to ask, right? Yeah. I mean, what, what do you think, Steph? That, that's uh, certainly fair. Um, and I know that they're trying their best, but uh, you know, on the checklist, on the checklist perspective, they certainly should have that out. There's no excuse. It doesn't take long to publish your PDF and have it up on the website. <laughs> There's and an old one. Really, it's an Excel spreadsheet, so not even PDF. You said they're trying their best. That reminds me of a line from The Rock with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. When, when Nicolas Cage says he's going to try his best and Sean Connery says, your best, only losers try their best. Winners go home and the prom queen. I and made the like, prom queen. Because <laughs> Carla was the prom queen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, your best. You're not trying your best. You're hanging out at the water cooler all day with other people are at their workstation getting work done. Come on. So one of our buddies, and I, I hope he's still here, uh, Chris Torres tweeted out earlier this week, while sorting his cases of 2019 Topps Heritage Minor League, it's always great when you are sorting and you see the different paper stock that's used to make a set of baseball cards. Mm-hmm. Hashtag small things, hashtag the hobby. 
And uh, I found this this crazy because I mean he's you know he broke uh, I want to say a handful of cases at least, uh, and he's going through and, and here's two rows of a moth, of a of a tall box of a shoe box, and every so often there's a it goes from a white stock to a really dark gray stock, a thick probably six eight cards, and it goes throughout. Um, and it's just disappointing, right? When you when you line it up, it should all look the same, uniform color, size, shape. Well, so two things. One, it kind of looks like a uh, case of 1990 score and that like, here's the reds, here's the greens, yeah. here's the purple. But two, um, if you're at all familiar with 90, 1970 tops, the base set itself, sometimes the cardstock on the back would be much brighter or much darker than the regular cardstock. Now, I'm not saying that this is intentional, but yeah, it should certainly be the same if it's fresh off the press in 2019 with advanced technology. Yeah. You would think. You would no, think. That's cool to see. Yeah, you sure. You would think. Yeah. So real quick, I just want to point out we're, we're, we're equal opportunity bashers on this show, and we're also equal opportunity supporters. So, um, you know, and, and so that's just, I don't know, just disheartening a little bit. I don't understand. To, to, to borrow a phrase from a friend's episode... Not your life makes me sad, or uh, your job makes me sad, but uh, your cardstock makes me sad. If, if that was let's let's say that Steph had one of those colors and we had one of those colors, not that it would absolve it necessarily, but he being in Texas and we being in California, two different distributors, different runs, etc. But Chris is opening up a couple of cases. I don't know how many cases he opened, but they're in the same run. Yeah, that's not acceptable in the same run. I could understand if somewhere along the line something changed at the the printer, or if they have multiple, you know, you know, distributors, you know, type, you know, something to do with the printing process. But within the same cases, that's unacceptable. Yeah, should be. And so national- let me ask you this, Steph: are, are those variations now? Do you need them both? Uh, don't get me started, please. And yes. <laughs> Um, National Hobby Shop Day returns in December. Uh, sports card, Sports Collectors Daily posts a nice article about it. Scheduled for December 7th, where participating stores offering prizes, promotions, and sometimes even free food and drink. It's the third year for the promotion, which is designated spur traffic to brick-and-mortar stores uh, that sometimes see a lull between Black Friday weekend and the week before Christmas. So over, last, over 100 uh, shops participated last year. On the promotion, and a list of shops will be available later this fall. GTS Distribution is one of, is once again serving as the main primary sponsor. Shops that purchase certain cases and boxes from GTS will see bonus merchandise that they can use as giveaways the day of the event. Uh, among the items stores will give away will include autographed jerseys and other signed items, unopened boxes, trading cards, storage supplies, and eBay gift certificates. Uh, PSA is offer also offering a Silver Club, Silver Collectors Club membership this year. Go out and support your LCS if you have, if you're lucky enough to have one, and you're lucky enough to have an amazing one. You should go out and support it anyway, any certain day of the week. But especially if they're doing a little promotion, go out and say hey, and uh, support. So minor point of contention here, and with the hundred shops that uh, participated, I just hope that, unlike in years past, in certain promotions that you actually get a brick and mortar store that actually is a brick and mortar and it's not just some guy selling out of the back. Oh, the warehouse. 
Yeah, out, out of like a warehouse, you know, people that are certain known trimmers in the hobby. Oh, not not that that or, happened or in Arlington, Dallas, Texas region. But. Well, that's where all the trimmers and scammers and cheaters are, right? Steph Most of them, it. apparently. Yeah. Steph hangs out with them. You guys have meetings? Shit. So we just uh, we just witnessed the A's falling to the to the Tampa Bay Rays. Rest uh, in peace. Yeah. Good season though. Something to build on, right? No, I mean they're they're young, and if they stay healthy, they're starting rotation next year with Luzardo and Puck and Manaya and 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 Montas and Fires and Chris Bassett had a hell of a year, and he's not even going to be in their five man rotation if everybody was healthy. And they got a lot of guys in the minor leagues to flip for bullpen help, yeah. assuming that there's any out there, and they've got a core of guys. I mean, when when you've got guys like Seth Brown and and Sean Murphy and Sheldon Noisy and and uh, you know, these guys are getting at bats in big time September games. You know, these are guys that that weren't on the radar to be playing this year at the major league level. I mean, that's exciting as Nays fans. So they'll they'll be back next year. It's just you know, it's it's disappointing, but good for the Rays. They had the 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 league's lowest payroll. If the A's and Rays payroll was combined, they would be the thirteenth highest paid team in the, in all of majors. Um, which says something to both teams and how they've built those teams. And the simple fact that the oh, the Rays hoodwinked the Pirates in that Chris Archer trade when they got Meadows and, and Glass now. And, and, ba- and Baz, Shane Baz, who's not even up yeah. yet. He's yeah, I mean, talent. you know, good for the Rays. I'll, I'll be rooting for them uh, up against the Astros. And uh, I'll be rooting for the Twins up cool. against the, the Yankees. Unfortunately, I mean, it's just – uh, unless you're like born in New York or born in Los Angeles, you kind of have to root for the under guy after your team's been eliminated, right? Well, we're going to talk about that. So I agree with you. Who is we, – we have a little World Series prediction. Steph, what's your World Series prediction? So assuming the Twins don't make it because I'm going to root for my team regardless. Mm-hmm. I want a series not of – you want Yankees Dodgers, be honest. Shit. That's <laughs> the exact opposite I want of what I want. No, I want uh I, I'm expecting the Astros and Dodgers to make it, but I'd love to see the Astros Braves. Or twi- twins brewers. I'm confused. The Brewers can't make it. They lost yesterday. Would have liked to. What is your World Series prediction right now? Twins can- Dodgers. And the twins winning. Well duh. Ben, what's yours? Unfortunately, it's the one everybody's going with, which is the Astros Dodgers. Well, you uh, you told me A's Dodgers. I, I did A's tell you that. World champions. I'm just gonna let everybody know. <laughs> no, it's already out. Um, you know, it's unfortunate. I was telling my dad last night that I would have loved to see the Nationals and Brewers in this sure. the NLCS. Um. Just because you know both teams haven't haven't won a series, it's unfortunate that they had to play yesterday in the one game playoff. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to root for the Nationals because uh, I really don't want any of the other teams in the National League to win, and then hopefully either the Twins or the Rays represent the American League so that at least there's one team I feel comfortable rooting for. But it's going to be the Astros, Dodgers. Yeah. Well, and how cool would be would it be to have a Nationals Twins game, Senators versus Nationals. Oh yeah, that would be fantastic for anybody like us that enjoy the history. I mean, if you're just a Fairweather fan, right. I mean, 
right now having Washington versus LA is fantastic if you're Major League Baseball. Right. You know, just just from the market standpoint. So if you're looking to get people watching, tonight's baseball game was probably horrible. You know, Oakland, Tampa Bay, small markets, smaller fan bases, not as nationally known. Uh, people were watching it maybe because it's just it's baseball and it was happened to be the only game on and it was a do or die game. But let's be serious. There weren't a whole lot of people out there getting excited if you weren't one of us, so to speak. Yeah. Doug A has the best best comment here. Twins, Braves twins and a rematch from 91 almost 30 years later. That'd be pretty cool. As long as it ends up the same. Um, mine would be uh, Houston. I told you this guy's already Houston, Atlanta and Atlanta winning. Um, I would, you know, either one of those teams would win. That'd be fun to see. Um, as much fun as it would be to see tw- the Twins go to the World Series and lose, so we could watch that with Steph. Um, that's also something I'd root for. And I'm always going to root for the Dodgers to go there to lose, so they could lose three World Series in a row. And us Giants fans <laughs> can just love that. Oh, love those dumb Dodger fans. Uh, all right, MLB award season's upon us, and uh. I figured we'd we'd hop in there real quick and and give you some guys we think should win an MVP, Cy Young and Rookie of the Year. So uh, so Ben, who is your NL MVP this year? Just real yeah, quick, know, yeah, Yelich by a hair over Bellinger by um, knee crack by by a kneecap. I, I think he should still edge him out despite the fact that he he lost what three weeks of the season. Yep, Steph, who's your NL MVP? Yelich. Yeah, I went Bellinger just to be a little different, but I, either one of those guys is deserving of it. Hail MVP, Steph. Can't be Joe Mauer. Uh, well, in my heart, I would say uh, Estadillo and uh, Luis Arise, but uh, you, you, you guys aren't expecting that from me. So, uh, I mean, Solaire's got a legitimate offer. Trout. Um, just, just, I just need who's going. Who's your pick? Bregman. Bregman. Ben, I want to say Simeon bad, but Bregman edges Trout for the same reason that that Bellinger probably ends up eclipsing Yelich because Bregman's season was that good and Trout missed some time. And yeah, really, uh, I said Trout it. just because one, he should be card number one. He should always be the MVP. The guy's amazing. Um, I did. I did read an article real quick earlier this week. They were talking about. Um, it almost looks like people are looking for reasons not to vote Mike Trout for MVP because it's like, well, he shouldn't get it every year. And it's like, what if he's that good? He should just Barry Bonds won how many? Seven? You know. Yeah, and, so. and one was stolen by Jeff Kent and one was stolen by Terry Pendleton or he would win nine straight. There, there was also a stat that says if Trout or Yelich were to win – that would have been the most missed games at the end of their team's respective season to still win. I think Dick Allen had had the most, which was six games missed. But what if they missed? What if they missed like that same amount of games throughout the year? Right? Yeah. So many stats are all arbitrary. So, anyway. But it's so stupid because say he missed fifteen games, but what if he missed three games in five different times of the year? It's still fifteen games he missed no matter what. He still put up the numbers. I don't just because they all came together. That's why I don't understand. Anyway, uh, uh, I kind of take it like the batting average uh, cont- uh, w- when it's contested, and you have a player who missed part of the season. They just attack on a bunch of zeros, and if he's still in the lead, hey, you have the batting title. Well, or like when DJ LeMahieu won a few years ago, and he sat the last game because he's a weak individual. Right. He didn't want to lose the batting happened. title. 
I don't recognize that batting title or like DJ LeMahieu because of that. Punk. Like, really, go out and play. Are you having difficulty with the uh, the tongue tonight? Because yeah, <laughs> it's been a, it's been a it's been a long week at work. I had someone break a five thousand dollar copy machine because they shoved the wrong staples into the machine, and you know we obviously we that's when we needed to use the machine the most, and so that was of course. Um, NL Cy Young winners, Ben. Who's your NL Cy Young winner? Um, it, it's got to be Degrom. I mean, w- w- nobody cares about the pitcher win anymore. Uh, and that, that's all due respect to everybody else that was not quite as good as DeGrom. Steph, who do you have? Ail's so much easier. Uh, you, you can make arguments for Strasburg with the most wins in the league. Uh, DeGrom, uh, yeah, his wins aren't nice, but he leads the league in strikeouts. And I think batters uh, average against – no, sorry, uh, Jack Flaherty does. But, um, yeah, DeGrom. Oh, well, I, I, again, yeah, I, I went Strasburg. Uh, but you you couldn't disagree either way. I think one of those two guys gets it um, this year. So uh, AL and AL Cy Young, Steph, who do you have? So uh, uh, oh, you and Ben are agreeing a lot tonight, which is scary. <laughs> here's here's my pitch on why Verlander's a better uh, Cy Young winner. Yes, he has an extra win. Yes, he has an extra loss. However, uh, similar ERA, uh, not. Yeah, twenty some odd strikeouts less, but he has a much better uh, batting average against, uh, much less hits. Uh, all things equatable, Verlander's a better pitcher. Cole Cole will be better for the future, obviously, but get that naked butt a uh, Cy Young. And obviously, you went Verlander because Steph went Verlander, right, Ben? I I, I did. Um... If there's ever a season where there should be co Cy Youngs, this is the year Verlander and Cole are that close. Yeah. Uh, I just pick Cole to be different. So, but to, to me, it's one of those things like in the Senate where the vice president has to to become the 101st senator. It's it's that close oh. where Verlander's were- 50, Cole's 50. Somebody has to come in and break the tie. Think, it, I can't imagine these guys in a short series though, and then you throw a Grinky into that. Oh, it's ridiculous. And that offense? I mean, is this not the best three-man rotation since Maddox, Glavin, and Smoltz? Yeah. I mean, if the Diamondbacks had had a third that could even come close, you could throw Schilling and Johnson in there. Yeah, I mean, those guys single-handedly won that series. No one for the the D-backs. But it, it, and it doesn't guarantee them anything. It doesn't mean that the, the Rays no. couldn't get to them or the Yankees are twins or the Nationals. gives them a hell of an advantage. That's one. That's but, one advantage. I'd love to go in with, with three stud aces in your in your rotation, and that yeah. offense. Oh, it's one of those things. Like, just get us get us three runs, and we'll be okay. Where your worst your worst probably productive offensive player is, um, oh geez, his name just fell out of my head. Josh Reddick, right? Wait. Where you look at their lineup, you go, Josh Reddick's probably our worst offensive guy. Well, and, and let's not but talk. He's still uh, good. Let's not forget that Wade Miley and Aaron Sanchez are their four and their five, and those guys are pretty good. Not great, but pretty good. So they, they're they deep, and they're scary, and it's one of those ones that I, I think there was a stat the other day uh, in an article on The Athletic where it said that uh, the, the highest winning percentage uh, predictive to win a World Series 
was the 2017 Astros since the advent of the wild card at 24%. And this year's Astros have a 32% chance of winning. That's ridiculous. Uh, in a rookie of the year, I think we're probably unanimous on this. Yeah. Pete, Pete Alonzo, the polar bear, right? You, you can't break a rookie home run record that stood for two years. And have a pot belly. Love it. And not get it. On, a, on a, a miserable team, no less. He's playing. They, they released some playoff contingent for a little bit. He's got a little, you know, and I give the Mets credit um, that they could have let him sit in AAA for part of the season to get an extra year out of him. Sure. You know, that stupid deal. And they didn't. They brought him up. They let him come out and debut with a big club coming out of spring training. And, and he proved him right and had a great season. But that's important for teams like the A's and the Rays and these small market teams to get that extra year. You know what's not important? If you're the damn New York Mets, act like you're a team in New York with New York revenues. You can afford to sign Pete Alonso to an extension six years from now. Should he? You know this is the mess, right? I'm I'm, I'm saying the Mets eventually need to start acting like they're a a New York market. They never have. The only they have is by just dropping tons and tons and tons and tons of money at people. Anyway, AL Rookie of the Year, I think we're probably unanimous here as well. Are we, though? Uh, well, I think Ben and I are in Jordan. Alvarez, the, the, the basher for the Astros. Steph, who do you have? Uh, he is, but only because uh, we, we called up someone way too late in the season for it to matter. Who's that? Um yeah, sure. He had had the RBI record in 45 games to Ted Williams. And yeah, sure, he's definitely uh, helped the Astros uh, supplant their position as the top in the AL. But how can you have someone who's 22 and for most of the season was hit batting 355 not get some consideration? That Arias kid? Indeed. Dude looks like Tony Gwynn at bat, rarely strikes out, rarely walks, and finished the season hitting 334. Yeah, he was if impressive. If he would have started in April. But as is, yeah, Alvarez. See, but the, the thing is, though, Alvarez, Alonzo, it's the home runs that set them apart. And this year, there, there, was, <laughs> there was a stat. I, I, again, reading an article on The Athletic where they said more guys hit one home run or more this year than any other time in baseball. More guys hit two home runs than any other time. More guys hit three home runs or more. All the way up to 35 home runs. Yep. More guys yep. hit one through 35 than any other time in Major League Baseball history. It's just all these, these home run records this year are extremely hollow. That's all. As, as long as uh, we keep the all-time record for the teams. Because I, I, I know Selig was talking about wanting to alter the ball so that they're a little bit less uh, pop-happy. Uh, I'm all for keeping the record. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I can admit it's absurd. The Twins went a span of le- from like 1987 to 2006 without having a 30-home run hitter. Well, the same and this year, I think we had like eight or nine. Well, look at the look at the Royals, though. I mean, their all-time home run, like for the most of the season, was Mustakas a few years ago, like 30-something. And this year, Soler comes out and what, crushes 48? Yeah. So, um, anyway, our buddy Mark Armour 04 on Twitter tweeted out his MLB team of the decade. I want to know what you guys think of this team. Uh, a catcher, you have Buster Posey. 
At first base, Joey Votto. Second base, Robinson Cano. Third base, uh, Adrian Beltre. Shortstop, Francisco Lindor. In the outfield, you have McCutcheon, Trout, and Betts. At DH, Miguel Cabrera. And then uh, he listed his five starters as Kershaw, Verlander, Scherzer, Sale, and Grinky. Not a bad lineup. There's not much of an argument there. No. I mean, maybe at shortstop, as I think someone pointed out, uh, Andrelton Simmons as a yeah. uh, fielder over Lindor. But Lindor has the talent, and he's slightly younger, I think, and uh, has that like face of MLB going on. The only but- thing is I would say that maybe over – one of those guys, maybe Grinky, uh, we I, it would be Bumgardner sliding in there, but uh, and, and maybe a slight edge over Beltre in that uh, he he was older for most of the decade, but still a solid player. Yeah, yeah. It's Simmons over Lindor probably because Lindor didn't get the whole decade. Um, yeah. you know, Lindor being so young can have the twenties. Simmons is probably the best shortstop. I would think in, in an argument Lynn, could be made Simmons is not a hall of famer though. Y- yeah. But you're talking about a guy that that's had a partial decade versus a guy that, and Simmons has been a, a fantastic defensive shortstop. I mean, I mean, I know we're splitting hairs here, whether or not you could, you could argue a different outfielder over McCutcheon or bets. There's probably a couple of other outfielders that would be on a short list. Um, but outside of that, I, I don't know that, you really can make an argument for for taking anybody off because then the question is who do you put on? You know. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, do you, do you put on Stanton as an outfielder? No. Aaron you know, I mean, for Beltre, maybe. Maybe, but but Beltre was in, was incredible defensively. I mean, yeah, the last couple of years, maybe not as much. All time um, personality, you know, towards the end of his career, you know. And, and again, we're talking about 2010 through 2019, so so that's a big right. big window. Do you t- you put Goldschmidt over Votto? Um, there's some arguments to be made, and a lot of it could be come down to my preference versus your preference, right? Sure. What about, what even about Tulowitzki? You know, I know he wasn't the best towards the end, but that early part of the decade, he was an offensive and defensive player. Well, when did Machado come up? 2013? Uh, mm, no, 12, was, I think. No. Yeah. He was, he was drafted in what? Uh, 11. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He did come up in 12 then. Well, yeah. Cause he was a free agent this year. Yeah. So he had to have six years in the majors. Yeah, Machado made a 51 game debut in 2012. Uh, I mean, you you could argue Harper over Betts or McCutcheon. McCutcheon's a little bit easier, sure. Well, Betts, I mean, he came up what 15, 16. Yeah, and then Harper came up in 12. So, so if you're talking about the whole decade, again, we're not talking about I would take Harper over one, but you could argue, yeah, Harper over one, especially considering his impact in Washington and. He put that team on the map, and Washington was competitive every year. Yeah, I would probably put I'd probably put Arenado over over Beltre because I know Arenado came up in what thirteen, so he had most Beltre of the decade, and he's a hell of a hell of a bat and hell of a defensive player. But I mean, it's again you're splitting hairs on on guys, so 
this team rolled out, if this team from, from the 2010s rolled out, you're going to win some baseball games. Well, put it this way. You're not going to look at that lineup and go, oh, I have to have X over, you know, I have to have Simmons over Lindor. I have to have Harper over Betts. I have to have Goldschmidt over Votto. Yeah. You can make arguments for certain players. Yes. Yeah. And you Freddie wouldn't be Freeman. wrong. Yeah, Freddie Freeman's that would be a good comp to to replace uh, Votto. You know, one of those two guys, yeah. I mean, you're not going to miss much there. So, you know, I, I don't know that there's a better catcher than Posey considering what he did in the postseason as well. And, and you know, if you want to argue Molina, okay, I'd listen Perez. to Molina. Selby. Um, yeah, Salvador Perez too. Second base, there's probably not a better choice than Cano, but that's just because it's a weaker position and there's not as much depth. And, and shortstop's hard because a lot of the, the talent came up in the, halfway through the decade. You know, Correa came up, Lindor came up. Um, you know, so that that's another problem there is a lot of the the studs. You know, even Bogarts. You know, they they came up later in the decade. So, well, and yeah, uh, Dozier over Cano. No, I mean, he no, already, no, no Dozier. Dozier for a good part of that decade was a was a stud player. He's already almost up to uh, two hundred home runs. And if you look at the pitchers, you know, guys like DeGrom have come on later over the last couple of years. So they don't have, he, you know, these guys don't have the resume that the five listed do. Yeah. Um, and, and, and you and know, the reason sure- I would, the reason I would say Bumgarner over Grinky or one, either any one of these guys is just the, also the postseasons that they had. Uh, yeah. He had Bumgarner, postseason only. I'd take Bumgarner over Kershaw. <laughs> yeah. Right. Kershaw, uh, honestly, postseason. Oh, <laughs> Like Matt you know, Stafford honestly, when he's about to win a game. If I was going to put Bumgarner on there, I would probably take off Sale before I take off Grinky. Y- yeah. You don't think you don't think about Grinky, but when you start to look at his numbers, they are oddly impressive. Like, yeah, I just wait a minute. He personally just, yeah. Even though he did help us win the 2015 World Series and not even being on the team, so exactly. Right. Uh yeah. No, I thought it was an interesting debate. I was going to have us do our own teams, but I thought that'd just be a lot of minutia. I figure just just uh, talking it out. And yeah, I it's think, kind of fun uh, to, to pick apart. Isn't that a, I think Mark did a pretty good job. It, there's yeah, nobody on here where we blatantly go, "That's a stupid pick." No, no there's no, there it, there's arguments to be made for most every position. I think that um, really outside of of Trout, Kershaw, Verlander, and Scherzer, those are probably the only ones that are obvious. You can't. I mean, Cabrera, you can't take them off yeah. for somebody else. The rest you can make an argument, but it's a very short list of people. Yeah, you're talking one, maybe two guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. So Stanley Cup, we talked about this tonight. Hockey started. The puck dropped officially. So we'll Stanley Cup prediction. So I'm going to let Steph go last since he's our hockey guru. I'm going to lead off. Hockey guru. Well, you know more about hockey than we do. State of uh, hockey. Yeah. Uh, Edmonton Oilers, my Edmonton Oilers. Versus the Toronto Maple Leafs with the Oilers coming away with Lord Stanley. So, Tim, let me ask you. Um, yes. When's the last time a Canadian team has gotten to the Stanley Cup? It's probably been quite some time. Like 94, 93? The Canadians in 93? Yeah, well, there's more teams in America than there are in Canada now. But that's why your Oilers pick is trash. 
Oh, well, you know, hey, no big deal. If I was to, <laughs> if I was a gambling man, just real quick, the, the best odds to win by sportsbookwire.com, the Tampa Bay Lightning are at a plus 650. So that means if you bet $10, um, your return would be 65 bucks. But if you bet the same $10 on, say, the Ottawa Senators, who are 20, 000, plus 20,000, uh, that'd be two grand. So uh, the Golden Knights have the second best odds of plus 900. The Boston Bruins plus 1,000. Maple Leafs are plus 1,000. And Avalanche are plus 1,200. Those are the top five teams. My lowly Edmonton Oilers are plus 4,000. That's 23rd of the list. So, so Ben, Ben, Ben said it was going to be Pittsburgh, Washington. We said, Ben, that, that can't happen, bud. They're both East Coast teams. I said Washington, Pittsburgh, and they're like, no, can't happen. So I said Pittsburgh, Washington. And they're like, no. I said then it was going to be an eight-game tie between Washington. And then it was then I just said Oakland A's. And then I said A's. Um, And that's and that's why the A's lost tonight. You know, I I don't care about hockey. Uh, If I had to pick a team, like I said before, it'd always be Washington because of an old video game that I randomly chose them in and used them for season after season. All right. Uh, So I'll say Washington, San Jose. I like it. San Jose is not a bad pick. Uh, but you know, as Tim will tell, they're uh, prone to choking just a tad. Uh, I, I like the team, by the way. I, I like the team, but I don't see them getting that far. You, you got to remember, though, as far as choking goes, mo- most Ace fans are also Sharks fans, so that comes up on my timeline a lot. So I, sure. I see a lot of the choking, um, you know, I- but hey. I know that San Jose and Washington aren't in the same division, so I get credit for that. You do, uh, but I, I'm a Minnesota sports fan. I haven't seen a title since I was four in one of the four major sports, the longest of any area with all four games. So, no. What team, I, what team did you see win? The Twins in 91. Oh, yeah. I was it's four. So Indeed. Don't don't give me more reasons, but no. Uh, no, wasn't it uh, Vegas and St. Lu- no St. Louis and uh, it was Vegas and Washington. St. Louis and Washington, yeah. No, no yeah, those, those uh, were the last, last two. No, last year was was Washington and, and Las Vegas, and I mean eighteen. No, no. last year was St. Louis and Boston. Wasn't Boston. It? The year before was Washington right. and, and Vegas. I'm mixing up my dates, but no, um, I, I like what Tampa did. Tampa Bay did last year. If they can choose, uh, if they can play not to getting the number one overall spot as far as the Presidents Cup, uh, it's kind of a curse in hockey. Uh, I, I like their chances to win over. The if I can scroll past Ben being a troll. Really, what this comes down to, Tim, is what if I was to predict a team, what would piss Steph off the most? That's who I want to go with. The Dallas, Dallas. Stars. <laughs> Dallas, Colorado, maybe the Mighty Ducks, but not yeah, really. All, yeah, I want them all to win. Same time. Winnipeg can go screw themselves. Okay, well, that gives me like four or five options that if any of them win, I know it's been a good day. No, well, last I'm, I'm going to go a, with Tampa Canadian over team. Colorado. 1993. Yeah, 93. And you're going who with what? Tampa Bay over Colorado. 
I hate the Avalanche. We have a fierce rivalry, but I like the team. They have a lot of young talent, and they finally got rid of uh, Patrick Waugh as their head coach. And Mike um, Madonna. Is currently with the uh, Minnesota Wild, actually. Say I know, guys. You do. All right. So, anyway, I just thought it was fun. Here we go. Doug A says Vegas over Tampa in six. I can see that. Sure. See, the, the, the issue is Vegas got, you know, uh, unlike uh, Minnesota and Columbus when we came into the league in 90, uh, 2099 and uh, Nashville in 97, they got an extremely, extremely beneficial draft class wherein the teams could only sele- uh, protect a certain amount of players and it was much more beneficial than in years past. So they got stacked coming out of the draft. Now, yeah, sure, they were mostly cast-offs, but still, um, they took what they got, and they have a good team. Well, didn't they get so, the number one overall pick one year? Mark andre Fleury is their goalie, because wasn't he yeah. the first pick overall by the... Uh, five or six? One point? Somewhere in there? Um, six, seven? Yeah. So, it just, I thought it was interesting. We'll talk a little hockey talk, you know. I got the little taste for the hockey. Got it. You, you um, have a you bit know, of homework. Horton's going through me. You, you got a bit of homework, Tim. If you're accepting oh, of it. Oh, yeah. I learned slap, names. Slapshot. Um, goon. Yes. So, and uh, Slapshot. Miracle. Mighty Ducks. Yeah. Trash. <laughs> um, why do you think... So So my last topic tonight uh, that we want to talk about is why do you think Topps Update rookie base cards are going crazy? More than they have in the last few years. I mean, so if you look right now, just uh, blow out here. And the reason I say blow out is because they are going to set kind of the price for boxes throughout uh, of product. So, because a lot of people are going to them to buy product, and some shops are obviously LCSs are competing against blowout. But I was looking at the, the pricing of their uh, their pre-orders for 2019 tops update coming out. Uh, in on the 16th, so two weeks, and they had, of course, their website won't load here. Um, <laughs> they, they had hobby boxes going for hobby. Now, this is the 30 or 24 pack now, whatever they are, uh, boxes, and they were going for over a hundred dollars, 109, 110 bucks for normally what's probably a 50 to 60 dollar box. Uh, a jumbo box going for one one forty five, uh, which you know those are going usually for a hundred to say even one hundred and twenty high end uh, when it gets released. So, what do you think is causing people to really start to run down tops update base rookie cards? Uh, so normally they lessen the production as far as series one to series two to update. Um, not from series one to series two, but for as far as update compared to those two, they run down the production slightly and they try to keep the bigger name rookies in that set. Um, even but to this the point year, I mean, depending on their series, debut. Series two, yeah. Series two this year, you had, you had Pete Alonzo, Eloy Jimenez. There's a Vlad rookie in there and there's also Tatis jr. Right. You're not getting much bigger than that for series for update. And I'm pretty sure Jordan is getting held to this 2020 series. Yeah, he and, he and uh, Bo Bichette because of their debut dates. Right. 
but th- th- that's usually the arguments that people make. And um, Bowman, I mean, it, they're they're nice, but unless you have a top tier or it's autographed, most people don't care about the regular base cards. They want that first tops release, that first RC logo card from a series one, series two, or update. Ben, what do you think? It's the the trout effect. People don't want to miss the boat on any of these guys, and that's really all it comes down to. Is is that's going to be the desirable rookie card, and people are going to want to grab it just in case the next twenty dollar card becomes a five hundred dollar card. Yeah. So real quick, just to give you some rundown. So I was doing some some closed completed sales that happened. Uh, in the last week. So 2011 update, Mike Trout is going from about, and these are all ungraded, about 380 or more. Guess what? It books for like 600. But uh, yeah, if you're okay. looking for an ungraded Trout, uh, they've been going for about 380 plus. And 2008 up, update, Clayton Kershaw is going for about 45 plus. So you're saying uh, that three of those that I have, I should sell. Yes. 2013 update, Christian Yelich. Uh, going for about $22. Now, that's been dipped down a little bit uh, right. once he got hurt there for whatever dumb reason. Uh, 2018 update, Juan Soto is going for 15 bucks plus now. About two weeks ago, that was like a, five, a 4 to $5 card. And then uh, 2018 update, Acuna, the update card, uh, is going for 25 plus. But if you have the Series 2 short print, they're going for 350 plus raw. So... My thought is 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 there's there's either the missing the there's a couple factors I look look into this so the missing the the next big trout card there's also I what I believe are that collectors are that can't get first Bowman because again uh, one of your one of the go to cards is the first Bowman and stuff talked about auto and I just think that the, those prices are out the roof on a lot of these guys now Easily. and collectors are are finally going back and going what's a collectible card. I can pick up of a guy and it's a base rookie card because they've seen that. And I've been, I've been preaching this as long as we've had the show longer that the heart of collecting that we all started collecting was those base rookie cards, mm-hmm. right? Whether they were traded updates, whatever you had a base rookie card. Those are the cards you wanted of the players in this, this the fifties through the nineties. That's what you're hunting. And I think people are coming back to that going, God, that's a good value, even at 20 bucks. Um, you know, I'll track that down versus spending, you know, two, three, four, five grand on an autograph of a guy that, you know, you look now, the Chris Bryant first Bowman autos, the ones in from 2004, not 13, they're like 200 bucks. Yep. And they were five, six, eight hundred dollars two years ago. W- one thing is to keep in mind. Off of, is, is, is he that more terrible of a player than he was then? No. One thing to keep in mind too is is the static versus fluidity of the fact that if I go out and buy a Soto rookie card for fifteen dollars now, it's got the chance to appreciate considerably potentially, but it's probably never going to be that much cheaper than fifteen bucks. So I, I, I'm always going to feel like my money was well spent. So not only is it affordable by comparison. You know, when you talk about these Wander Franco first Bowman cards that are selling for two thousand dollars fresh out of the packs on on release day, that are now four hundred dollars. You know, it's like the the volatility of the the first Bowman autos 
are just so drastic on the sliding scale where these update rookie cards are, are going to at least hold a considerable portion of their value. We've talked about that before is if you buy a Mickey Mantle card for a hundred bucks, you're probably always going to get your hundred dollar bill back, you know, at least within reason. And that's probably going to be indefinite. You know, it, it may, you know, if we're not considering adjusting for inflation and whatnot, um, five years from now, you'll still get a hundred dollar bill for it. You know, and I think that that's why the update rookie cards or base rookie cards are a little bit more desirable because they're a affordable and B they're a little bit more static and there's not as much of a drastic uh, range in between their appreciation and depreciation values. That's pretty fair. Yeah. When it, we've talked about this before, you look at it uh, of the first Bowman, you compared Joey Bart to, to Buster Posey. Buster Posey's first book, and, and the man has three World Series rings. We talked about this rookie of the year, MVP batting title, you know, all star appearances. You know, we probably the catcher of his decade. And they were going for two, 200 to 250. And you have Joey Bart's first Bowman. You know, they're going for like six, seven hundred bucks. And the guy's done nothing but be the number, number two pick in the draft, not even the number one pick. And maybe look to be the future, but yeah. I'm just saying, to me that that's nuts, right? Because it's like you have a you have a guy that's on a list to be a Hall of Famer, and a guy that has played the minor leagues for you know a year and a half. That's because collectors just are in on the posy, and prospectors or speculators are in on the Bart. That's all it really comes down to. But is he going to like the thing is though? Even if he had the career Buster Posey had. He has the exact same career. He wins three three World Series for the Giants. He's a rookie of the year. He's an MVP. He wins a batting title. He goes to numerous All-Star games. He's the catcher of a decade. So you're, that, that $600, $700 card is going to come back to $200. Bucks and like, that's what I don't understand. Is like, I, it's, that, to me, is what's, what's so crazy about this. I just wish I could I could talk to the people that that are spending that kind of money on, on say Joey Bart and say, why are you investing this type of money into a guy when you can go out and buy a certified hall of famer for, you could get three of the same card of that hall of famer as you can. One of this prospect guy, he, even if he has the same career for the same team and does exactly the same things, is he going to be three times better? No, cause he did the same. They had the same accomplishments in their career. Right. And, but, but it's not, that's the, the 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 thing is you're asking from a collector's perspective, asking somebody that's a speculator, why would you do that? Well, because they think that that $600 card is going to be worth 1200 and then they're going to cash out. But why is that though? I'm just, my point is my, my, my example on that is Buster Posey. So if you compared it right. exactly to that, right. You're, you're, you're just taking that money. Just lighting it on fire. And that's what you're doing. And every time I say something to that effect on Twitter, uh, I have, I've been called out by certain people. Oh, well, it's a fluid hobby. Yeah, no kidding. I'm not saying it's not a fluid hobby. I understand economics just fine. I'm saying it's asinine. I'm not saying that I don't understand it. I'm saying I don't understand the premise behind it. Why would you buy something at a multiplier of four, eight, 12 times what it should be? 
just because other people have and have inflated this price, there's no way Joey Bart can live up to that. Yeah. You know, not, not when you have somebody who's established like Buster Posey, who's a potential hall of famer, as we've said that, you know, is probably the catcher of, of his decade. Um, at the very least, you're only going to be able to argue two or three other players against him. Um, he's got three world series rings and, and he's selling at, at 300% less. Excuse yeah. me. Why? Because, yeah. Oh, well, it's a fluid hobby. And, and this is what's great about the hobby that, that, you know, people are interested in Joey Bart. No, most people that are buying probably don't know who he is. They're buying because other people are buying and they're, they're, the, they're, the, they're you know, he's trying, the LA gear of, of tennis shoes. Yeah, he's turning my my six hundred dollars into two thousand dollars. The problem is, there's no guarantee of that, yeah. and you'd be much better off dispersing that six hundred dollars elsewhere. Like, like, I mean, I mean, you could buy six hundred dollar cards that are going to end up turning into five dollar cards, and you turn six hundred dollars into three thousand dollars. That that's exactly to what. Um calling sports card radio said you know it's you're better off to do that and sit there and, and flip dollar cards all day long and he's gonna and i i feel the same way i i was in the i was in teammates this week and i bought 35 37 shohei otani rookie cards from chrome from tops or from you know from flagship from stadium club from top uh, from um archives uh finest uh, over a bunch of different brands of tops releases for a dollar a piece. Last year at this time, that was a six to eight dollar card right. on average. He gets back there. I understand he had another season inning surgery, but he gets back to that level or even half of that level, and it's a four dollar card. That's three times. I'm gonna turn that thirty five dollars into a hundred bucks. We'll see, and and and. Worst case scenario, you should always be able to probably cash out at a buck a piece and at least break even. Or in worst case, if it goes to a 50 cent card, okay, no big deal. I and, lost 50% of $35. Yeah, you're not out that much money. You're out a trip. If you and I went out to not lunch so tomorrow, I'm out, I'm out for a 7 Eleven trip. My buddy yeah, you, you and I go out to lunch tomorrow. We're going to spend a $20 bill at McDonald's. At McDonald's, right? Yeah. yeah. A you know, of, that's a lot of French fries. By the way, did you see that the Japanese ad with McDonald with shirtless Ronald McDonald? Yeah. And the fries. <laughs> no, and the I mean, out here in California, an extra value mill, a medium extra value mill at McDonald's or Carl's Jr. Burger King is going to cost you nine to ten dollars. Yeah. So if for two people, it's going to cost you 20. So if you spend forty dollars on these cards and you lose half your value, you're literally out one trip for two to Carl's Jr. McDonald's. No big deal. The thing is, if the, the, the point that I've made in the past about Mason Rudolph and Daniel Jones and other people uh, and, and have been called out for this position that, that I, well, I don't see anything wrong with it. No, the issue is you're not buying them at a dollar. You're waiting until tomorrow when these become $8 cards, $15 cards for no reason other than circumstances have changed. And a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times, you're either buying at the ceiling or above the ceiling. 
And then all of a sudden, when it comes crashing that bubble burst, so to speak, you're going to lose a lot of money. And that's and what's going to happen. Panic with, sale. Yeah. You know, Wander Franco at $2,000. Do we really think that that's going to be a sustainable amount for that player? No. And now a lot of those cards drop down to, to 300 to 500. Now, well, wait a minute. Well, and the thing is, is that it's the one, he, even if he became like, say, Derek Jeter, it's the team he plays on. Nobody collects the race. Right. If he, if Wander Franco was a Yankee, that'd be a $5,000 card all day long as a prospect for the Yankees because they would look at him as the next Jeter. Sure. My, your, your money to me is better off if you're going to say we were talking about that $600 earlier. And it, you put $600 in the Mickey Mantle cards or sure. Hank Aaron cards or Willie Mays cards. You're not going to lose that money. Especially Mantle. He can't right. do anything right now. He's dead. We all know he was a philanderer and a drunk and all those fun things, but there's nothing else he can do in his life to, to change what his and his card values are only going to go up. Well, and then the other the other point too that that there are people out there that are kind of missing on this is is if everybody is all of a sudden buying the new flavor of the week that Baskin Robbins has presented to us, the, the new backup quarterback who's elevated into a starting role. And, you know, the new prospect that just got called up from the minors or the number one or number two overall pick that's now featured in Bowman draft. What's happening is everybody that's buying them are the ones that want them. So when you go to resell them to find a buyer is going to be much more difficult because most of the people that that are in that market have already acquired one. So you don't have anybody to sell it to. That's the epitome. And the when people are like, what happened with the junk wax era? We all thought that these players were going to be great and we can name them all, right? But if I have 10 Kevin Moss cards and I go to sell them to you, Tim, and you have 10, and then I go to sell them to Steph and you have 10, you guys aren't buying them. And the problem is we all had 10 of them, but we didn't have 10. We had 50 of them. Yeah, 100 of them. You know, and that's the problem is you didn't have a buyer. We all thought we were going to be millionaires. The problem was we were devoid of that secondary buyer because we were all, all our own buyers. All doing it. Yeah, and that's the thing. And two is is I love when these – and I want to get Steph's opinion here in a second. I've been dipping back into basketball, and I've said to myself, I'm only going to collect Panini Prism basketball cards. Uh, one, I like shiny things. But I've gone back, and, and Jason Tatum had a had a down year last year. I've been picking up his prism cards for like five, six bucks and uh, all, all the last couple of days and some, um, some Trey Young's for like five or six bucks. And I picked up the some deer and foxes for like eight or $9. And the big thing was, is that these are the, as the season begins, these guys are going to have, I think good years, but at the same time during the season of their rookie years, those cards were about double that price. And they were having good years, and they were talked about. And I have a feeling, you know, they get back to there. That's always a time to go back and to to collect those guys. Is a year or two, three, four, five years later. Now the problem is, is if you have a Giannis that comes through, right now, all of a sudden that that rookie card of his that was maybe fifteen bucks is now like six hundred dollars. But a majority of the time, that that scenario doesn't happen. So there are ways to accurately and successfully speculate some that we've thrown out here, some that, that you may be partaking in that, that I, for one, don't because I, I just don't have a desire to. But there are good ways that you could, and I'm sure that, that you know, 
it, it, again, it goes back to don't don't prospect and speculate on guys like Daniel Jones and Dwayne Haskins. Those aren't the right guys. Those aren't everybody's radars because they're first round pick. You know, it's the guys in the second, the third, the fourth round, the guys that are like the Gardner Minshews that, hey, Nick Foles has an injury history and, and has had lightning in a bottle a couple of times in his career, but overall has had a, I mean, the guy was on the verge of retiring yeah. at one point when he was with the Chiefs, you know? I mean, that doesn't mean that Minshew is going to be the next coming. And even though he's had some, some success, doesn't mean that he's going to keep up a seven to one touchdown to interception ratio. But he would have been the guy to buy during training camp and just say, hey, if he's got anything out there, you're going to get it for pennies. And if the guy so much as takes a snap in the NFL, it's going to appreciate enough to where you're going to be able to flip it for a quick profit. There are well, ways to speculate. You just yeah. got to be smart about it. Steph, real quick, what do you what are your what are your thoughts on this whole thing? That, that, that's, it's mostly the reason why I, I, for the most part, I don't try to dip my toe in the water as far as flipping stuff because one, I just don't have enough time in the day, and I don't care to sit and memorize all four hundred rookies that are coming into the draft class. There are certainly ways to go about it, but the most that I do personally is hey this is someone's dime box and they have a number to not 2019 but number to 500 in here or number to 199 okay but if i can take that dump it on ebay or comc or wherever and sell it for a dollar i made 90 cents that that that's what i'll do yeah um props to those that can do it it's not me uh, real quick, as we in the show tonight, Cardboard Icons is celebrating his boy's birthday tonight at the A's game, and uh, he just he sent out a cool tweet. Uh, he's really big about picking up game use balls. He uh, wanted to thank the o- Oakland A's and the Athletics uh, authentication for hooking him up. Um, well, yeah, and, and he he'd written written out a post saying that you know it took him thirty some odd years to go to an A's playoff game, but due to circumstances, him and his son were able to go on his ninth birthday. Yeah, and to get a foul ball purchased from the in uh, Stadium Authentics, that's really cool. Yeah, uh, that's always awesome. Props, Ben. Yeah, happy birthday to Tony. Yep. So, awesome. well, guys, any any final thoughts as we head out this evening? Not really. Go Twins. Now hit us up on Flickr chat and and uh, some good topics on there. Yeah, good conversation, and uh, it's kind of like a message board forum, so that if you post something, everybody who is signed up and connected with us will be able to see it and chime in, and it's a yeah, active, fluid conversation. So, yeah, there's some fun topics in there too. Yeah, continue that. So, I'm always right, well, looking to add more fun topics. Remember, we're live every Wednesday, p.m. Pacific, 10 Central. Uh, make sure to subscribe and review our show on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at About the Cards. Follow Ben at Our Trading Cards. Follow Steph at Junk Wax Twins. You always follow me at Big Ship Seventy Nine. Please share your hobby stories, great pulls, and send your questions our way. Guys, keep collecting. We'll talk to you next week. Let's do it. <laughs>